welcome to Sparkle Speak. This is a podcast sponsored by Sparkle, which is a Christian women's ministry designed to connect women with the purpose of inspiration and encouragement. Each week, we will interview a new guest who will share her personal experience with Christianity. Whether you identify yourself as a Christian or not, this podcast is for you, and our intent is always to inspire one another through our own unique and individual stories of how God has moved and shaped us. Wherever you are listening today, we hope you enjoy this story of faith. Welcome back, everyone, to Sparkle Speak. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Sarah Krieg, and she actually spoke at a um, an event we had with Sparkle not too long ago. So we invited her back to come onto the podcast and just share more of her story and her heart. Um, from what I hear, she's amazing. So we're excited to have you on today, Sarah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm honored, really, to be with you. Awesome. Well, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Just say who you are, where you're from, kind of what you do. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, so I'm Sarah. I am have been married um, just about 19 years uh, to my husband, Paul. Um, we have two daughters, two teenage daughters, uh, 16 and 18. And so we're in a very busy, full um, stage of life. I work full-time in ministry to women. So helping um, women just essentially connect with each other, with other women, um, with the Bible and small groups and um, just supporting and serving them at a church in Grand Rapids. Um, an Enneagram seven, <laughs> uh, for those of you who are familiar with that. So, um, just often look at the bright side of things, uh, glasses, very much half empty and I mean, half full. Oh, gracious. Half full. <laughs> very much not half empty. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Just lots of joy, lots of joy in our house right now and in my life and uh, in my job. I grew up in Northern Indiana, so I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Uh, so hello to the Irish fans that are listening. It's probably like one because in Michigan, there's not a lot, not a lot of Irish fans, but um, yeah, that's all uh, really about, about me, about my life. <laughs> no, awesome. We're so excited to hear that. I love that you mentioned Enneagram too. Yeah. I am a huge Enneagram fan as well. So yeah, maybe we'll have to chat about that sometime. I would love, I want to know what your Enneagram number is. I'm a four. Okay. Okay. We will have to chat. <laughs> we'll have to chat about that later. We'll carry on, but that's awesome. That's it's, yeah. It's like an interesting number. But... It is. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, um, let's dive right in. I'm super excited to hear, you know, your story and just how God has impacted your life. So um, I'd love to know, we ask all of our guests this question, um, but what does Christianity mean to you? Yeah, I have to tell you before I even answer that, that I think that is the most thoughtful question. I just think that's a really thought-filled question that we should be asking more people like what's your story what what does it mean to you to be a Christian and so a couple of things come to my mind immediately one I feel like I should just state what's maybe obvious that the way that Christians right now in the world especially I would say in the United States are perceived um, and what I hope Christianity is (laughs) and what I have found it to be might not be 
the same. And so I am just kind of acknowledging a gap <laughs> in what I wish I was and who I wish I was as a follower of Jesus and maybe historically what we have been, the places where we have maybe, and me, I have gotten it right and gotten it wrong. So I would say, would I believe it means to be a Christian, a follower and a disciple of Jesus is really about surrender. It's about laying down me and what I want for what God is doing and the work that he is doing in the world. And so that means I don't always get my own way. And I think that is like the goal, <laughs> the goal of Christianity. If I could say like, this is what it is. The, the goal of Christianity is to lay down what I want for what God is doing. And it's a joy to do that. Cause I believe that God through his son, Jesus gave everything for me. And so then it's my joy to get back to him, to live a life that honors him and surrenders to him. The problem, I think, is that I and we as the church and as Christians have not always done that well. And so there's kind of this perception maybe of Christians that they are judgmental, that they are unkind, that they're arrogant maybe. And so I feel like I just have to acknowledge that tension in who we hope we are as followers of Jesus and the fact that we haven't always gotten that right. But the goal, I would say, is to live the way that Jesus lived. And that means that he laid down his life and love for other people, that he put himself second to what we needed. And, and that would be the goal for my life, would be to love other people and, and to love them well. That doesn't mean we've always done it right, but that's the goal. <laughs> it's the goal, Catherine, I would say. <laughs> I love your answer. And it, it is so funny you bring that up because I mean, my husband and I, we get so sad when we watch TV sometimes because mm -hmm. it's so true. Just the, um, the way Christianity is portrayed is just, it, it's so judgmental and harsh and unloving. And it's, it's hard to watch it because I'm like, it's not wrong necessarily because sometimes it is like that and it, yeah. but it shouldn't be. And that isn't real Christianity, the Christ following. That's not who Jesus was. And so I totally hear what you're saying. And I, I love your answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a great part of our podcast, because this is where you get to get personal and share kind of uniquely how God has reached your heart and how he transformed you and brought you closer to him. So I would love to hear just how you first started identifying yourself as a Christian, um, maybe how you came to know the Lord, or was there anything that like specifically shaped your view of God? Yeah, I, another excellent question. And I would say, I think part of telling like even my story today is saying like, if you're listening, if you know, people are listening to the podcast and they're wondering about Christianity, or they've kind of had a bad experience, like this question is the one to ask, like, tell me your story. Like, I would just encourage people and even myself not to just look at what Christianity, the way it's been perceived or portrayed by other people, but to ask someone, you know, who knows Jesus, like, who is he to you? And like, what's your story is a better way to get to know Jesus and to get to know about Christianity is to ask someone instead of just you know, seeing what's in the world. So uh, with that being said, I would say um, as a little girl, like when I was growing up, my family didn't go to church. So I didn't know, I didn't grow up with like 
Bible stories or praying uh, or anything like that. But when I was a little bit older, like maybe late elementary school, coming into middle school, my mom joined a Bible study with some other young moms. There was like a program at a church for people who had like preschool age kids. And she started going to that and joined a Bible study. And so I would say like through middle school, I kind of started to notice a difference in my mom. Um, and I didn't, couldn't really tell even maybe what it was like she had a Bible <laughs> and she had it before and she like kind of started talking about God. And so I, I felt maybe a little shift in our home. Um, now I would tell you looking back that I think peace came in our home when she became a follower of Jesus. I think the Holy Spirit came and there was a shift in, but I, you know, as a little girl, I was like, this is, you know, I could tell there was a difference, but I, I don't think I fully understood the gospel, you know, maybe mm -hmm. at that point, but started kind of getting involved in like a youth group, um, at a church through middle school and high school. And then late in high school, I met a guy who I'm married to now, Paul. And, um, the way Paul talked about God, um, and to God and the way he treated me and other people. I just had never met anyone like that. So I would say the two people that most pointed me toward Jesus, um, when I saw reflections were my mom, when she joined that Bible study, and then the guy that I met who had become my husband, Paul, um, because they just were transformed by Jesus. And I, and they weren't perfect people, you know, by any stretch, but I could tell like a desire in them, kind of what I was talking about in the beginning of like, not just having to have their own way, not just this selfish, like kind of everyone else was living, you know, for their own self and what's in it for me, but kind of this like surrender is really what it was, but kind of this, like giving themselves up, like, how can I serve other people? And I kind of wondered where that came from. And as I got to know them and as I got to know Jesus, I understood that like that was out of an overflow of thankfulness because they were Christians, because they had been given grace and a second chance and new life relationship with God through Jesus. Then that like poured out of them um, to other people. And um, it's been super cool. My mom um, in her forties was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and has a, had a pretty hard road um, for like almost a dozen years um, physically, like her physical body is failing. <laughs> um, but to see her faith in that, not only be like steady, but actually become stronger mm -hmm. um, has been one of the most just encouraging things for me because it feels so backwards. Like, why isn't she mad? Why isn't she, you know, like frustrated that she is a good person and bad things are happening, you know, like, so to see her press in and be like, no, like to continue to have faith that God is good and that he is kind, even though her circumstances aren't perfect over the year, like just years and years of that, um, have really transformed my life. So I would say I began to understand things of God and the Bible, like maybe in middle school, I would say in late high school, I really was like, I believe this is true. Like, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is the son of God and that he loved not only the world so much, but he loved Sarah. He loved me so much and wanted so badly to be in relationship with me that he would give his son Jesus um, to come and to stand in my place that even though I was separated 
from God because of just all of the bad decisions I made, but he loved me so much. He wanted to be close to me. And I just started to like, this is true. You know, like I believe this is true. And this is for me probably in late high school. Um, and then went to Bible college and, um, as an adult have just continued to see just evidence of that in my life. Like I, there's just no doubt in my mind that the Bible now is absolutely true that Jesus is definitely, uh, who he says he is. It stands up against, you know, it's the, the Bible and the evidence for, for the claims of Jesus are so strong, not only historically, but I have seen in my life, like the movement of God and, um, the kindness of God and the friendship of God, um, toward me as an adult. It's been so sweet. Um, over the years, for a lot of years, to see him be really faithful and to be exactly who he says he is, you know, to to show up when we need him, to come closer than a brother. The Bible says that God doesn't forsake us or leave us when things are really good or when they're really hard. And I have just found that to be so true time and time again. So it was a, a one moment decision for me to follow Jesus, but I would say over the years, that has been strengthened and um yeah, I just feel like it's such a firm foundation now to that I can really trust trust God. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, and I'd be curious just to hear more about like maybe do you have any like specific examples of like joys or challenges that have come with the Christian walk? Because obviously we know there's both. Yeah. <laughs> and and they can be held at the same time too. So I'm curious mm-hmm. just, you know, if you have any anything you want to share about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I shared a little bit, you know, about the journey that we've been on with my mom with multiple sclerosis. And I would say that has had both joys and challenges. I mean, obviously there are tons of physical challenges, things that her body just can't do. Um, But the joy that we feel in knowing that this is temporary. And so the Bible says that outwardly our bodies are wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed. And we believe that what that means is while our physical bodies won't last forever, that because of the relationship we have with Jesus, what gives us strength is that that heaven is real and that we'll get to live with him forever, that we'll have new bodies and new minds. And so we look forward to that. There's kind of one verse I would say in the Bible that has been anchoring me probably for a solid year. It's in the book of Romans. It's um, Romans 12, 12. And it says to be joyful in hope, to be patient in affliction and to be faithful in prayer. And for me, those three things are the money shot. You know, like that is the secret sauce. Like if we can realize that we can have joy despite our circumstances. So good days, hard days, whether we have everything we need, or we feel like we have nothing that we need, you know, like whether we feel filled up or completely empty when there's turmoil around us, when we say live through a pandemic, you know, like whatever is happening in the world around us, our hope and our joy isn't anchored in our circumstance. So even when things are good, and I'm so thankful for good days, I don't have to put my hope in like, how much money is in my bank account or my outward physical body, because those things fail us, you know, and, um, but the, the hope that we have and the joy that we can have. So to be joyful in hope, I think reminds us that this earth isn't where we're going to be forever, you know? And so to know that, that heaven is real and that we can 
have a relationship with God through Jesus. So that Romans 12, 12, joyful in hope, patient in affliction is the second part. And I think that just means bad things are going to happen. You know, like mm. we're just going to have days and whole seasons that are so hard that we don't get what we want, that we have a diagnosis, that we lose a job or we're physically sick or struggling with, with some kind of mental illness, you know, anxiety or depression or, or whatever that is, those afflictions will come. We're human. <laughs> you know, we're just not going to have a good day every day. And so that in the, in the book of Romans says to be patient through those things, because the, the good seasons don't last forever, but neither do the bad ones, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. the good days, every day is not a good day, but every day is not a bad one either. So if we can just kind of be patient through that. And I think that last part to be faithful in prayer, like to just, even if the prayer is like, God, I don't understand. Like sometimes that Catherine is just as far as I get. Like my prayer is just, I don't know what to do. And I don't know what you're doing, but would you help me understand? Like, would you just help me see what you see? Cause I don't see it, you know? So I think those three things, joyful in hope, patient affliction, faithful in prayer, I think can get us through a lot of really hard, <laughs> hard things. If we, if we anchor there instead of anchoring in what we see in our circumstance and our experience, sometimes having this perspective can be a little bit hard. Like I'm like, Oh, just be joyful and hope and patient affliction and faithful in prayer. And you're like, okay, but I can't hold any of those things, you know, like prayer isn't something that I like see and feel right here in the natural. And so sometimes that's hard because everything that we see physically can feel like it is out of our control and that can be scary and disheartening and um, leave us anxious. I mean, that is all real. And so I think trusting God is a different way. And in, in some ways it's hard because it's not it's not what we see in the natural. And that, that can be a little bit tricky, but I agree with you that that what we feel like releasing that control, I think it should feel scary. You know, that surrender that like, I'm not in control should make us feel really vulnerable. And instead there is a piece that comes in. I'm not in control and I don't have to be like, I just trust that God knows and he understands and he is in control. Even if it seems like he's not like, I can just really trust that there is such a peace there where you would think it would be the opposite. You know, you would think that would be terrifying. And in some ways it is, but mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, there's peace in that letting go of having to control it. And um, yeah, so, so much peace there in, in learning to trust God. I think you're spot on. Yeah. And I love that you use the word peace. Cause that's how you described your household when your mom first mm-hmm like started even just engaging with, with yeah. God, you, you felt yeah. that piece. And I think that's, I think it's true. I believe yeah. in that full heartedly. Yeah, I do too. And I should say that in those early days, you know, my mom, she didn't know a ton about the Bible. And so that piece came not because she all of a sudden became a Bible scholar and had it all figured out like her faith, like all of our faith was slow. You know, it was, just figuring out the ways of God and and learning who Jesus was. And so I think sometimes we, as we like start to dip our toe in even Christianity or the things of faith, we're like waiting for like, I have it all figured out, you know, like I understand it all. And 
that's just not the way that faith works. It is kind of slower for me. It has been at least a lot slower than I wish. And I often find myself saying like, I don't know if I know enough about the Bible or I don't know, or I sometimes doubt. And so does that make me terrible? You know, I think, I think we're waiting for these big revolutionary moments when really what I've learned from both, my, both of those influential people from my mom and from my husband is that the thing about following Jesus is it's kind of slow, <laughs> steady work. It's kind of like day by day saying like, okay, for today and for what is in front of me, I choose not to need to control that or understand it, but I choose to live in the faith that God is in control and I can trust him. And that surrender, that right, giving up my need to control it and just saying, I trust you, Lord. Like, I, I trust you, God. I don't, will not understand it all, but but I'll choose today to follow you and um, despite what's happening all around me and what I can see. Yeah, 100%. It makes me think of, um, the story in the Bible, there's a story where there's a woman who, um, I think she bled, she was bleeding for like 12 years or something, yeah. or I don't know the exact amount, but a long time. A long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was kind of ostracized from the community and, um, and Jesus was walking through a crowd and she literally just touched him because she yeah. just, she couldn't do anything else, but she believed that even just touching him would, I don't know, just help her in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, in the story it talks about how Jesus kind of calls her out and he heals her and he mm -hmm. really honors her faith. And it just yeah. makes me think it's like, like you said, it, we don't have to become Bible scholars to be healed and touched totally. by Jesus. All we have to do totally. is just go to him and, yeah. you know, make the effort to, to touch him, to engage yeah. with him. And then he does all the rest. Yeah, I love that story because she was right. You know, I mean, you, it almost feels foolish. Like, oh, if I just, if I just touch the hem, if I just can get to the tip of it, you're like, what? That cannot be enough, you know, like to get that close. You're not even that close. Like, and she was right, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just that much faith. The Bible says there's this teeny little mustard seed analogy in the Bible where it says, that's how much faith you need. <laughs> like just a speck, just like you can hardly even see a mustard seed or, or like your example that just the hem of his garment, like just the, the edge is the amount of faith we need. We don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to know all the answers. We don't even have to know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. We can just say like for today, for where I am. And that could be little stresses. Um, I have an exam that I feel unprepared for or stressed out about. I have, you know, a decision to make in life about a job or something with family. I mean, it, it's little things and it's big things. It's um, do I have enough money to pay my bills or to, you know, so it's, it's little things and it's big things where we can trust him. And that's how much faith we need. We need just like a, a speck, <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. we don't, we don't have to know it all or figure it all out. And I think that's common. It's common for me to feel like, boy, if I just knew how to pray, or if I had more faith, or if I knew more about the Bible, or if I could figure out more, you know, then life would be easier. This situation when really we just need a bit and, and Jesus is going to do the work that only he does. Right. We don't have to, to mm -hmm. do that. <laughs> yeah. And I just like, even just thinking for anyone listening right now, like, I know I've been in this place in my life several times where 
sometimes you just feel so lost and so Mm -hmm. sad and so Mm -hmm. broken that like it can be hard to even want to turn to God because you just get hardened by all the pain and and just how hard things are and so um hopefully this can just be a reminder like he's there Mm -hmm. he's there with open arms and you don't have to do very much like really if you if you can't just pray just open your heart speak to him and and let him do the rest because he really will yeah 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 and the beautiful thing I think about prayer is it can be just that I mean it can be just a just an outstretched hand that says like God I need you like that might be the prayer that you have today is I need you. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm just saying to you <laughs> that I am not handling this. <laughs> you know, like I am obviously not in control and I need you. And those are prayers that he loves to answer. And part of faith is just saying, I just know that I need you. And I'm watching for what you might be doing and, and where I might see glimmers, you know, of, of you at work. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Spot it's on. beautiful. Um, so this is kind of changing gears a little bit, but I know you mentioned earlier that you work in women's ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you tell us a little bit, just like how you like came to, to be doing that? Like what kind of led you there or how did that all come about? Yeah. You know, I'm glad you asked that. I almost shared it in my, in my little tidbit of my story um, earlier, but I went to college actually for elementary education. I started as an education major because I, you know, I have some natural bent toward teaching and I knew that. And I was super frustrated in the program. Like even early on in my classes, I was observing elementary school teachers and um, what it gave me is a huge respect (laughs) for educators, um, for teachers and school administrators. And to this day, like my friends who are teachers, I work as hard as I can to support them and love them well because it's a hard job. Um, But more than that, I started to be like, oh, this is not my job. You know, like this is an important job teaching is we need (laughs) teachers and this is not my job. And so I felt frustrated for a a pretty long season. I would say through my twenties, pretty frustrated with, I don't know what this looks like. I feel like I have gifts for teaching, but I tried education and that didn't work. And so I had a couple of babies in my twenties and, um, and, and was home with them a little bit working just, you know, here and there, but not really a career. And that, was a pretty hard and I would say dark season, just not knowing what to do with my life. You know, I mean, I was fulfilled as a mom, but longing um, kind of for more. I believed then and I was right that God had a plan and a purpose that he had given me and all of us unique gifts to be used. And I longed for that um, to be true. And my husband works in ministry. So I knew kind of how um, churches worked and I just wasn't sure even what my place would be in that or where my gifts um, would be used. And late in my twenties, I got involved in ministry to women at the church that we were attending. So I attended some Bible studies, some events where there were speakers for women and started reading some books that were tailored for women who were following Jesus and just started to be like, okay, this might, you know, um, be a thing. And I would say through my twenties and early thirties, God in his kindness just expanded my heart for the unique needs and the unique gifts of women. And, 
um, yeah, I would say he did that, that in my selfishness, I didn't, it's not a work that I could even do, but he really softened me to call things out of women. Like, I believe you could do that. Or I see that you're good at this, or I see that you're hurting. How can we help? And, um, yeah, so in my thirties, I had some opportunities, um, open up for jobs in ministry to women. And just in the last four years, um, I've worked like in full-time vocational ministry to women. So the goal of that is that women would connect with each other and that they would know that they're connected to God through, you know, Bible studies and mentoring and all kinds of important work. So it's cool how I kind of knew that those gifts were there, but I had to just wait for the season that, that God would pull me through in order to be ready. Um, to do what I'm doing now. So there was a season though, there of real frustration and not knowing where I fit. I tried a few things that were terrible, you know, like that's definitely not my job. Uh, this isn't working, um, to really get to, to what I believe is a sweet spot. So lots of patience and waiting and trusting that God, when he says he has plans for us that are good, that he loves us, that he's given us these gifts that, he will, maybe not the moment that we pray and ask for it, but he will, he doesn't just start things and then not finish them. That's not God's character. And so he is beginning a work. I would say that to everyone listening. If you feel like he is beginning something in you that you can trust him to see that all the way to the finish line. He is a faithful God. The, um, I think it's the prophet Isaiah said, um, don't despise when beginnings are small, like a small beginning, because the Lord delights to see the work begin. And that was so true for me in my twenties to like, man, I, he was just beginning a work. And I felt like it was so small and I was so insignificant, but as I trusted him with small things, um, he, he did such a good work and I am anxious to see what he'll do <laughs> in the next season. But yeah, I think that would be my encouragement to anyone that's listening, that if you feel like you're in a season of waiting or a season of frustration could be in something like mine was career, but there are lots of people waiting for lots of things, you know, waiting for, to have a family, to meet someone, to, you know, it could be career to a job or, um, something with school. I mean, it could, it could be all kinds of things, but if you're waiting on the Lord, I just want you to hear me say that he doesn't start things. He doesn't begin work and then just drop the ball. You know, he doesn't like forget he was working on a project. Like he will begin a work in you and he will see it through to completion if you trust him. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that verse. That's so encouraging. Um, and it's, it's clear that, you know, he has made you for this. Even the fact that you're so willing to just be involved with sparkle which the main goal is to connect women and you know totally. you're so on board for it it's so cool to yeah. see that and it's encouraging yeah. too just to know that like you said god has a plan for all of us and totally. it's going to be unique and he's gifted each of us with different things and sometimes it can be you know a journey to figure out what that is but he's with us every step of the way so it's cool to see you know, your story and like how you really did feel like you ended up right where you should be. You know, I think that's encouraging for even for myself, just to know that, you know, that happens. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And obviously, um, you know, we know the Christian walk, it's, we're always a work in progress. Um, until the day we die, we're going to be constantly learning and growing. And the, the cool thing about the Bible is you can read the same verse every yes. day for 10 years and it yes. may teach you something new. So yes. I would love to hear like, what has God been putting on your heart lately? Is there anything um, 
you've just been learning or you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, yeah, that's an awesome question. I think I talked a little bit about Romans 12, 12. I would point people there. I think it's really unique for the time that we're in. That's the one, um, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The other thing that was helpful for me last year, I studied the book of Genesis in the Bible. It's the first book of the Bible. And it was really centering. I don't know if I can name drop a specific Bible study I did, but I did a Jen Wilkin. Oh, yeah, go for it. Teacher. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, can I say this? Right? Can I yeah. shout out to somebody I don't know? Jen Wilkin is a great Bible teacher. And if people don't already know her, it's a great place to start. But she wrote a Bible study on the book of Genesis. I would say pretty targeted toward women. You know, men could for sure do it too, but she's definitely a teacher of women, often at women's conferences. And she wrote a Bible study on the book of Genesis. It's two part, like a two part, um, little series thing on the book of Genesis. It's kind of long because the book of Genesis in our Bible is pretty long. (laughs) So it takes a little time, but, um, that I would say is the biggest thing God has taught me recently. It helped me when the world got a little upside down in the last year and a half as we've kind of come through the COVID pandemic and we continue to live in a world that we don't have a lot of control over. We're not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. It helped me to go back to the beginning and like, what happened? You know? Okay. So God created the earth and why did he do that? And is it an accident? Are things spinning out of control? Because sometimes it feels like that and we don't know how to react, but to go back to that foundational truth that he created us and he has a plan for us. He's not going to leave us. He's so faithful. And that plan didn't just stop at creation, that he has this long plan that starts with a garden, ends with another garden in heaven. And, and we can trust him through so many things. So Genesis, I would say, and people are looking um, for a place for a study in particular, that Jen Wilkins study, or, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are other good studies on Genesis. This year, this summer, I have gone through um, a book in the New Testament, a letter um, to the Ephesian church. So Ephesians in our Bible um, also has lots of things that are coming up that I'm like, oh, that is very applicable to where we are in the world today and things that divide us but shouldn't and and what we can do as followers of Jesus to bring unity and how that's God's heart that we come together not apart and so yeah I would say those couple of things um I have been learning big picture but the small targeted thing is that Romans 12 12 that that we don't have to know all of the answers but we have this long hope that God's in charge that if we're followers of Jesus, we can trust him not only in this life, but in the life to come, that hard things are going to happen. We're going to have to be patient through some affliction that shouldn't surprise us when little bad things happen and big bad things happen. And we don't know, you know, we're just going to have to live through some stretching, growing things in marriages and in friendships and parenting and at work and in our society. Like we're going to have some hard days. We're going to have some disagreements. We're going to have to be patient through some stuff. And the end of that Romans 12, 12 is just to be faithful in prayer, just to, when we don't know, to look to God and, and ask him what he thinks, what his heart is, and, and trust that he'll show us that way, piece by piece. He's not going to just open it up and show us the whole plan, but little by little, he wants to reveal things to us, who he is, who he made us to be. And And we can trust him. We totally can. I believe it's true. 
Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And I like that you called it the secret sauce because yes. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I guess one last question for you is just popping into my head, but um, do you have any tips for prayer? You know, like prayer mm -hmm. is so vital. Mm -hmm. It's it's everything, but do you have any just, you know, good ways to pray or yeah. anything that comes to mind? I do. And the reason I have tips is because I'm not good at it. <laughs> I need tips. I'm not a person that naturally goes to prayer first, but I think that's my first advice. There's one thing I've learned. And so prayer is just anything we say to God. So it doesn't have to be this big drawn out important thing. I mean, we want to be reverent because he is God and he is not people like us. You know, I mean, he's not human. He's not just our buddy. He is holy and set apart and he's also wants to be our friend like wants to be in relationship and friendship with us like a father is to to a daughter or a son so we can approach him that way there's a place in the bible that says we can come to god in prayer with confidence like we can come we don't have to be afraid we don't have to not know what to say so i would say a couple of things um one to just to go there first. So when something happens and you feel happy, you feel scared, you feel uncertain, you feel anxious, anything you feel just, you sometimes I will just say, man, that made me so happy, God. You know, like I see that sunset, that's so cool. Like, and I will even in my car say that out loud, like, wow, God, look at that. That's so cool that you made that. And that's a prayer. Like that yeah. is being faithful in prayer or, um, even dropping my kids off at school or somewhere that they haven't been before. If I have that anxious mom, like, oh, letting them go is hard. And I don't know. I will even say to the Lord, like, man, I'm nervous because I love them so much. I don't want anything bad to happen to them. That's a prayer. Like, <laughs> like God, mm -hmm. I feel hard to let my kids go. That's a prayer. God, I'm frustrated. Like, that's a prayer. So I would say go there first. Good things, bad things, hard things. Try to go there before you even talk with someone else before you spiral in an anxious, what could happen? What could happen? I can't control before you spiral, just try that first. It won't solve everything, but, but try that first prayer early as you can mm -hmm. uh, in any situation. I'm not always good at that and try it a lot. Like I just say to people, try to try to have that be the first place you go and try to just make it so normal to say to God, you know, sometimes I'll just say like, good morning, Lord, you know, like I'm up <laughs> and yeah. that's a prayer. Like, I think we need, we feel like we need to make it this big thing, but go early and go often. Uh, this is my best prayer advice. I don't have great discipline in prayer, but those two things have helped me first of all, pray more. And I find that the more I pray, the longer I pray and it becomes a better discipline. And I know some people keep really good journals. So maybe that would help some people. I'm not great at that, but, but maybe it would be helpful to people to even write down some things that they are praying. But my best advice is early and often. I just want to read that Romans 12, 12, one more yeah. time, because I feel yeah. like that's been a thread in this conversation. And um, I just want to read it. So Romans 12, 12, to recap, it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Yeah. Um, the secret sauce, like you it's said, the secret sauce. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Beautiful. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for sharing all of this. This has been a great conversation. I feel warmed in my soul. I'm sure people who listen are going to feel so blessed by you. So, um, thank you. And I hope 
in the sparkle world and community we we see you again sometime yeah thank you thanks for having me really it was a joy for me too thanks Catherine. awesome all right bye bye <laughs>Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Sparkle Speak. If you are interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at underscore sparklefaith underscore or at sparklefaith.com. There you can find information on upcoming events and speakers. And please feel free to reach out to us if you have a personal story of faith that you would be willing to share with us. We hope you tune in again next week and we hope your week is full of the sparkle we all need. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.